This podcast should not be considered as medical or legal advice. If you are looking for such advice, then do contact a professional. But please find someone that has a brain and can think critically about what's going on in the world today. This is the Collective Resistance Podcast with your hosts, Leo and Fabiola. We will be discussing why we find ourselves resisting the narratives of the common collective, as well as why the common collective resists new information. Fabiola. Leo. How are you doing? I am doing great. Well, we are back for... Season nine. Oh my gosh, I'm losing count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, was lo- I was looking over you're like, I don't know what number it is. <laughs> Season nine. Season wow. nine. So this is the kickoff episode. We've got another interview for you. And what we want to do, we actually wanted to do this interview uh, back late fall after the, uh, the midterm elections occurred. Uh, we wanted to focus in on local politics a little bit. Not that that isn't going to be interesting to people who don't live in our area, because we think this could be something that uh, we're seeing in a lot of small towns across the United States with the migration of people from bigger cities into uh, small town USA to kind of get out of those uh, those he- or densely populated city areas like we did. And, uh, you know, coming to a much more rural area, you know, where we're talking mm-hmm. just, you know, maybe a few thousand people in the, uh, uh, the voting um, roles. So uh, uh, we had come across an individual that we met and uh, we became quick friends with uh, him and his family. And uh, they've been nothing but fantastic to us. And we had supported them in an election, in him in an election run for the city commissioner or county commissioner uh, here where we live. And it was kind of really interesting how that unfolded because, uh, you know, just to kind of give you a little preview of what we'll talk about in the interview. You know, it was much a case where uh, a large percentage of the uh, um the population in the the city or the county that we live in, they uh, uh, really don't like outsiders, um, or or I should say, not that they don't like outsiders. They they don't there like. Was, I think there was a campaign like uh, tactics used to um, ostracize the incoming people. Yeah, yeah. I and, mean, and there's also you know the taxes that magically start getting um, going up. And then, of course, there's got to be scapegoats yeah, to justify. And then, you know, they say they outsiders bring their culture in. and Yeah. But, but I mean, at the same time, I mean, when you move into an area, I mean, that's part, the great thing about the United States, right, is that we aren't somewhere where they force you to live anywhere. You can choose where you want to live. I mean, that's, I think, something that everyone loves about the United States is that you can go anywhere and uh, choose where you want to make your home. And so, you know, just because you're not from there doesn't mean that you shouldn't have a voice in local politics. And so anyway, in this story, uh, we're going to unfold for you what occurred because it was really intriguing, not just for our uh, guest here that we'll be interviewing who, who ran for office, but for us as uh, uh, 
you know, citizens and, and bystanders watching it all occur, mm-hmm. it was, it, it really gave us, uh, you know, some open eyes. Yeah, it, it's the the most in- interesting thing for me of being in a small town and getting to know how the politics works is, you know, that microcosm, right? Like in my line at work, you always start with a small batch of sample, you know, simple data, and then you extrapolate. And when you look at uh, politics in a, a county that's not, highly populated and in a a town that's small and you see there's corruption there you know you just imagine if you extrapolate that (laughs) into you know uh state elections or uh federal elections you know what is that like yeah you're just like we don't have a chance you know (laughs) so i mean it just makes the I still believe that the the election process and the whole system, as we talked in other seasons, is just something that we don't belong to and we need something new. But at the same time, I do appreciate, you know, the, the, the normal everyday people out there really trying to make a difference. And that's what this episode is about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, we're not trying to... Uh, you know, we're actually not even going to be mentioning our community. You know, we're not going to be mentioning who the incumbents were. We're not going to be mentioning uh, uh, where we even live, you know, as far as what county and all. Because um, we're just really talking about the mechanics of what happened so that people can maybe uh, look at that and say, hey, you know, is that something similar that I'm seeing in, in, in my neck of the woods? And you I know? think the better question is, is this something I wanted to continue to participate in because 2024 is going to be here in no time. So new time for elections and campaigns. And do you want to spend your time and energy on that? Yeah, that's a good point. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's uh, bring that interview here for you and listen, and uh, we'll see you after we talk with Steve. All right, our guest is here with us, Steve Fioravanti. He is the leader of his county's local chapter of the John Birch Society. He was recently a candidate for his county's commissioner's race, and he's worked in corporate America for over 30 years and is a husband to his wife and a proud father of four grown children. Steve, welcome to the Collective Resistance Podcast. Thank you, Leo and Fabiola. It's uh, great to be on your podcast. Excellent. Well, Steve, you know, we would like to look at this from a couple of different perspectives. One is definitely the local level. And then, you know, I think our area is intriguing because it's a small town, but it feels like it plays a bit larger given its proximity to the border. And, you know, we're a major thoroughfare uh, coming down through Canada in um, uh, our state. And so, I want to I want to see if you see it the same way, but then we also want to kind of zoom out and look at the national level, and and uh, if you think the the same concerns are happening uh, across the, the the country, if not globally, uh, that we see in more of the microcosm of of our own uh, uh, local communities. So if that's okay with you, we'll just kind of get uh, we'll just kind of kick off. And first off. You know, can you tell our audience a little bit about your journey politically? And, you know, were you raised as a conservative or did you come to conservatism as, you know, an experience uh, in your life occurred? Uh, great question. Uh, 
I so my, my dad was a college professor uh, who leaned to the left. And when um, when I was in college, actually we were, we were part of the uh, the Reagan Revolution. So when I was in college, I was I certainly leaned to the left. And um, uh, I think, if memory serves me correctly, I voted for the independent. That was right, a guy named Anderson. If memory serves me correctly, I voted for the. I didn't vote for Reagan uh, in 1980. And um, you know, going going through the university system, you come out, uh, you're you're kind of uh, tainted, and you're steered in a certain direction. But then, when I got in the working world and got my first job, and all the taxes coming out, I started quickly uh, <laughs> realizing the, uh, um, the the game <laughs> and what 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 it was about. And uh, and I actually saw my dad uh, transition to to the right as well, and uh, um, and he was a ardent supporter of, uh, of Ronald Reagan and uh, as I became and uh, and that was my uh, kind of my progression however with that said um, being a, being a dad and trying to raise four kids and working in the corporate arena I was totally immersed in trying to do my job the best I could to support my family I didn't have time didn't have time to get involved in politics uh, I was just too busy just trying to earn a living and, mm -hmm. uh, and trying trying to earn a living and take care of my kids. Very difficult balance. I have great respect for someone trying to raise a family um, because you have to put the energy and effort in to being a good parent as you do your, your job. So, but yet you, you got to put the effort, do it, do the due diligence where it needs to be done. So, um, uh, and my, my wife, um, I, sorry, God bless her. She's always... <laughs> She's always been politically active, and um, you know, even even with the babies in her tummy going off to the meetings and everything. So I figured, yeah, my wife she she does the politics for for our family. And then um, it was in uh, 20, 2013, and uh, we got into conflict uh, with the church. There was emails going back and forth. I was traveling. I was traveling on business. Uh, I was in my hotel room and uh, I was copied on these emails and uh, the church, the church members were attacking my wife for taking a stand on something. And um, I got involved and, uh, you know, from my hotel room, but before going out on calls that day, I fired off an email to this group, group uh, church list. And uh, I said, we're going to have a meeting when we get back and we're going to, you know, thrash all of this out. And the physicist wrong what you're doing to, uh, the, to my wife. So, uh, and that began my political journey and, and waking up to what was happening, what was going on. Well, so now you lead the, the local chapter of the John Birch Society here. And uh, I'm wondering a lot, a, a lot of, I, I have a little bit of familiarity. I was a big, uh, actually Fabi and I both were big Ron Paul people back in 2008, 2012. We, you know, we were stumping, we were out there with signs and everything. And, and he would often talk about the John Birch Society, but I never really made myself super familiar with them. But for, for our audience here, could you kind of define what the John Birch Society represents? And then maybe could you also define what maybe the detractors might be saying out in the, you know, the marketplace of ideas about the John Birch Society to kind of fill everybody in on the landscape? Yes. Uh, John Birch Society, we believe in, in the Constitution, our founding fathers, 
uh, establishing a constitutional republic. And there, there are, um, there are forces underway to undermine our country and, and derail it. And uh, we, we are fighting that, uh, trying to expose the lies and the agenda underfoot. Um, and, and we believe in, in small, limited government. Everything that our founding fathers believed, uh, we believe. And uh, um, also, we are an educational organ. Tremendous knowledge and education um, is at hand. We believe in the truth, uh, educating our citizens. And uh, so uh, not only are, are we fighting the battle against the communists and the globalists, but we believe in educating our, our fellow citizens. We're certainly not militant by anything. We're very uh, cerebral and uh, uh, we, we're, we're trying to win hearts and minds as the other side is trying to win hearts and minds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and we've attended meetings. I think I was blown away. I didn't really know what to expect. Uh, you know, it's very good crowd and uh i've never uh i've never seen people so educated on the the uh issues and the topics you know i mean across the board um you know you you guys had people out going to all the 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 school board meetings the uh uh, uh the city council meetings i mean and really maybe not even just locally you know going out to some of the the neighboring cities just to see you know what, what is the overall uh, climate that that's happening and and uh, it was it was really interesting. It just not it was not what I expected. But what would you say? You know, like in in that marketplace of ideas, what does that other side do? They try to stigmatize John Birch in a specific way. How would how would you define that? Uh, yes, very much so. Um, we know that the mass media is um, they're they're great propagandists. And if, if they're setting their sights on you or your organization and, and, and blasting, if you're taking the flack and you're over the target, you are, you're on center, uh, you're on point, you're, you're doing what you're doing and, and they don't like it. They will, they will attack you and uh, um, dra- drag you through the mud and with lies and, and deception. That's when you know you're popular. <laughs> well, that, that's that's when you know you're speaking the truth. And, uh, yeah, and, and as as representing the John Birch Society in our community as the leader and running for office, I experienced all of that. Yeah, but are there are there specific like ideas they try to misconstrue and label? I know I've seen that oh, with yeah, other groups, yeah. uh, but are, yeah. are there some common tropes? The Christian nationalists, your your Nazis. Um, uh, right-wing extremists, um, uh, all, all of that and, and above, all that name-calling, um, you know, you're, they accuse you of the hate and vitriol when they're the ones that continue to spew the hate and vitriol. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, don't, they don't ever let it go. And uh, um, Even after the election, they got their, their boy in there, and they're still spewing the hate I'm beyond it. I'm moving on, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I'm good. Uh, I, we can be friends again, uh, um, but they just continue to stir it up, yeah. and, uh, pr- particularly the local media and, yeah. and, and our local media. And I and I've got some questions on that, but but uh, before we move on from JBS, what motivated you to want to kind of 
come to the helm of that and 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 run that to run jbs yeah god bless you thank you uh so that was a good question um so the the pandemic had there was good and bad about the pandemic the good thing was um i i was traveling across the country for for my company uh just about every week so traveling i had when I when we were when I was in that role, uh, there's no way I could have taken on running the chapter. And then um, when the pandemic hit, we were all grounded. Uh, everything was being done virtually, remotely. And and now I actually had time. I could fit in the schedule. And the leadership approached me and Steve, we think you should take on the chapter. You'd make a good leader. Would you consider it? And um, I thought, well, hmm. I, I didn't say yes right away because I knew what it would take to um, kind of bring it to the next level. I would want to put my own energy and effort into it, and I don't do anything half-assed, and, uh, mm. and I'm kind of a perfectionist. So I, it took me about two months, and I finally says, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. it. It needs to be done. I'll do it. it so I took it on. Well, you did a great job, and they're very impressive meetings. And you were uh, you're 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 very prompt to keep people on their time so that uh, you, you you stay on schedule there. Um, but uh, you know, to, then to come back to the what you were talking about around the the election where you ran for county commissioner, which you know to to me and I think to Fab, I think she has a similar uh, idea of it. It was kind of a big deal in this town. We didn't necessarily. Uh, think it was going to be initially when when you you said that that you were running, and uh, um, you know I remember um, in the in the well actually what I was going to ask you first was what were some key things because I think we we have an interesting town because it's predominantly looked at as a Republican town right uh, there wasn't even a Democrat I think running was there for commissioner i mean I, I mean on paper democrat and 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 uh uh so so if you win the primary you're thinking okay i'm i'm set up to win the the uh, uh the actual election but what what were the things that were specifically happening if we were going to pinpoint with the incumbent that you were kind of picking out as okay look this is not going the right way what were those key things well before we ask that okay. sorry cuz i think we're going a little too fast why did you decide to run because oh yeah that's a good doing question the john birch society which is a lot of you know getting people fired up and engaged in the community getting to know what's going on so they can decide do i want this for my town do i not why did you decide to step another level and take on that role well because i was concerned about what was happening in our community and i went to some commissioner meetings uh, a, a good friend had approached us regarding ARPA, the American Rescue Plan Act that uh, our legislators voted in uh, trillions of dollars. Um, uh, it, it was a, it was a giant bill of socialism. Okay. And um, I went down to address our county, our county commissioners regarding taking the money because they were all about, let's take the money, we'll, we'll buy this, we'll buy that, we'll be able to fix our county, everything's going to be great. Mm -hmm. uh, and I started doing the research, and just like Nancy Pelosi had said when they passed, um, uh, you know, the big, uh, what was that, uh, you know, the big um, social oh. engineering medical bill, uh, well, we got to pass it to know what's in it. And it's the same thing with the <laughs> ARPA because um, 
you have to read and, and you have to read all the documentation that goes along with it. And I, I literally read over a thousand pages of corresponding documents, Joe Biden executive orders, and you got it. It's a, it's a giant jigsaw puzzle. So yeah, imagine those of you that are puzzled as yes, having this giant jigsaw puzzle. It's kind of overwhelming at first, yeah. but then when you start you start piecing it together, it starts coming together, and pretty soon you start to see the picture of what what it's all about. But you have to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of our commissioners did their due diligence. They all uh, relied on the uh, the council, the legal council, okay. um, and and uh, none of them studied it to the extent that I did. I can say that unequivocally. Okay. And and the other issue was, um, in order to take the money, we we signed the U.S. Treasury document that we would sign over our sovereignty to the U.S. Treasury. If we didn't abide by all federal mandates, executive orders, we are on the hook, and they could do whatever it takes to take the money back if we were not following the program. Wow. And we're, we're handing over our sovereignty. And when I addressed the commissioners, why would you hand over our local sovereignty? They looked at me with deer and headlights. And I realized they know nothing about the Constitution, even though they swear an oath to the Constitution when to accept the term, they, they know nothing. They were totally ignorant. And I thought, good God, we are in trouble. Mm-hmm. And I... I I did it as necessity. I, I because I thought, you know, um, they're, they're nice, good old guys, and um, you know, uh, they're patriotic too, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, what, what do we have to be worried about? When I went down and quizzed them, they just had they don't have the knowledge, the depth of understanding, and uh, and I realized I, I had to run. And the, that was the that was the one pivot point. The other thing was. They were sitting behind their COVID shields. Now, this is two years after COVID, okay? Right. Our county, no one was wearing their masks for months on end. Uh, COVID was behind us. We all realized it was a uh, uh, it was a test to see how far our leaders could push us and put us under their thumb and what we would be willing to take. Mm-hmm. Obviously, our, our county, you know, we were all shopping without our masks on it. But they still had their COVID shields up, their big plexiglass shields. Mm-hmm. And I, I looked at that as um, either they're weak men not willing to take a stand because it's still a, um, a symbol of oppression. Mm-hmm. And I took total offense to that. Why am I speaking to you through a plexiglass shield? Where you're not exercising our freedom of speech, our, 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 you're afraid of something. Why? And that was the other reason why I ran. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. I mean, you you were saying that. I guess I didn't realize because it's one thing to not. Um but it's one thing to say, hey, look, there are some benefits I'm getting out of this. And so that's why we're implementing it. And we think these are more important than than sovereignty or whatever. But then it's quite another thing to just, you know, they're literally ignorant of the knowledge completely. They don't even know what they're signing. It's the terms and conditions, right? That they're checking the box off on and then just selling the entire community down the river. Because you can't even really have a conversation with somebody at that point because they don't want to show ignorance. 
so then it usually becomes a, uh, you know, a battle of ad hominem or something like that back at the other individual. Um, so you, so there was really no, uh, productive conversations around that before you decided to run whatsoever. Cause I know you were going to a lot of those, uh, those meetings. Yeah. I, you know, if somebody else had stepped up, that was, that was as qualified. Um, I, I certainly would have stepped aside, you know, please. I, I have enough going. I had a full-time corporate job going. I was running uh, the John Birch Society chapter. My plate was more than full, mm-hmm. but um. <laughs> People that are willing to throw their hat in that arena, uh, it, it's they're, they're rare people, and, um, and so I, I had no choice. I had to run, yeah. and and then and because I, I waited, um, I, I waited, and I sought God's guidance, and, and God said, "Well, you, you got you got to run, you got to run." <laughs> so I'm like, "All right, I am going to do it." I, I knew what I was getting into. I didn't realize the extent of the, uh, I, I thought I could do it, um, beast being a sales guy and, and take the, uh, but you, um, it's, it's, it's cutthroat, cutthroat to say the least. And you have to be ready for it. Yeah, I know. And, and, and to that point, you know, just to kind of give the viewers some, as I mentioned earlier, you know, because we are, really uh, primarily red here, you know, a conservative area. Uh, it's not like you're going up against uh, somebody on the democratic ticket. So like I said, when you win the, the, uh, the primary, it's like, okay, that's really the, 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 uh, the election. Yeah. Uh, how did you accomplish that feat? I guess. Yeah. Because yeah. Because it seems like, you know, old town, a lot yeah. of people that are here are here for generations. They've tolerated yeah. the, outsiders but they always blame the outsiders for the tax increase and all that when we are not in politics <laughs> why why is it you know the our fault but um how how did you make that happen <laughs> i caught them i caught the incumbent asleep and i caught the locals asleep because they thought who is this guy this guy's an outsider yeah, I've been here 10 years, but you're still a total outsider. Yeah. They just, there's no way, this is their thinking, he has a chance to even come remotely close to win. Mm-hmm. And I had a fair booth, and some of the locals came up. I didn't think he had a snowball's chance in hell of winning. And and that that was their mindset. And mm-hmm. uh, um, I work I work really hard. Um, I, we put our marketing strategy in place, and we, uh, we took them by storm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was it, it was a great turnout, and I was surprised because you know I I, uh, I stood out there, hold some flags for you and whatnot, and and some of the um, I guess that was the other piece was some of the vitriol that we got back, and I'm like, here I am in a conservative area, standing outside holding an American flag. I mean, what? I mean, even if you don't want my guy to win, what what do you have against somebody uh, doing that? I mean, it was it was really wild, and so. Um, when you won, uh, how quickly did things sour? Things soured very quickly, um, and you know it was it was an eye opening experience. That was that was part of my marketing campaign was to get out there with the American flag and wait because I feel if you're a patriot, if you're a conservative. Um, associating with the American flag, you're standing on the founding father principles. You're associating that with patriotism 
and that's a clear way of, of defining even subliminally people see the see the flag all of my campaign literature was the, the flag on it and i was taking a stand for america and americanism mm-hmm. and um but that triggers <laughs> there's a lot of <laughs> Well, socialist. There's a lot of socialists, and that you know, that's soft communism. But there's a lot of communists and Marxists in our in our town, and that triggers them when they see the flag. They just go kabonkers and hanging out the car with both middle fingers flying and <laughs> and with launching the f bombs. Like you know, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> my god, I I had no idea. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, we were on the bridge and. One guy just about uncorked, and I thought the poor guy was going to drive off the bridge and then dive in the water and save the man. But he just uncorked when he saw Old Glory flying. I, I swear I saw an old lady drive by. She must have been 70 years old, and she had both her, her birds up. You know, and she wasn't even holding the wheel, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, wow. And we're just sitting here, yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I, I yeah. mean, it, that was wild. But, but then... Um, uh, what has that, you know, what does that, what do you think that's done to the community uh, as a result? Cause obviously then at the, at the, the general election, then it was another nail biter and uh, very close, but uh, they, and for, for those of you that, that are, that are listening, that, that, that are unaware um, cause you're not in the area, it was a situation where the incumbent had to run as a write-in candidate and leading up to the election, uh, they had apparently raised a lot of money and they had blanketed the small city with signs. I'd never seen so many signs in my life. And, uh, um, you know, and, and they had to actually write the name of this uh, incumbent in because uh, he couldn't get on the uh, the ballot. And uh, but 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 from that perspective, you know, uh, uh, have, how have you seen the the split in the the community? Because I know that we've heard people talking, and we have to sometimes stay coy about. They ask us, you know, uh, you know, do you, do you live here and all that? And, and and so it's just it's a weird place to be, you know. It, it is, and what it what so what happened was um, it brought the the Marxists out front and center. Uh, from the primary, they had to come out front and center. They they told the uh, the incumbent that I beat in primary. You will run as a writing candidate. We're going to pump the money behind you. We're going to give you all the support you need, and we're going to see you over the top. And and um, and they did. Um, and I saw a transformation in his campaign because in the primary he wrote his own write ups in the paper, and and uh, that was not his skill set. Okay, he he did okay. I put yeah I. I put in a flashing stop sign in, in the in the community, and he was he was kind of all over the place, and uh, he you know he wasn't he, that wasn't his gift, and uh, and uh, I did all my own write ups, and and um, but those were my strengths, and so I did it. Uh, but then in the uh, in the general and the write ups in the paper, all of a sudden his, his somebody was writing the articles for him and and uh, and, and presenting them, and, and and they they repackaged him. And then they went on the attack, and they um, he did several uh, hit pieces, and uh, uh, really uh, the, the election got very dirty at that point. Mm-hmm. So, it, 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 can we talk about those those hit pieces? Sure, sure, sure. That may have not been, you know, they were not a fair representation 
of who you are. I mean, we know you personally and we can we were like pretty surprised and even some of the hip pieces didn't even seem like really hip pieces. Yeah, they were like, like well, that's a good thing, you know? Yeah, agenda agenda 2040 is a bad, it's bad dude. <laughs> and yeah, we're so, like, are they saying that's good? <laughs> yeah, so so understand strategy and being in sales and marketing, you, you got to take your strategy and you got to take your stand. And I wasn't going to be moderate in my, in my when I ran my campaign and, and trying to appease to a lot of people because we already had a moderate, okay? Now, we didn't know that he was going to pivot and go left. Um, but so meaning my strategy was to share my principles, go hard, we're going to go uh, solid patriotic, and, and then he would have to, he was going to have to pivot from there, and he did, he pivoted to the left. So um, um, some of the hit pieces were out, they just were outright lies. And when you're in the campaign, he, he had all that funding behind him, over 90 plus donors, he pulled them a thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And he was able to uh, send these mailers out. Mm-hmm. And um, and when, when you only have a few weeks in that campaign and, uh, uh, and it takes a lot of money. I mean, you'd have to sit down and try to counter that. I, had, I ended up going on the defense in the general and, uh, and I, I, I didn't have the money and the financings nor the time to fight it. Um, and he had, he was highly organized in the team behind him because um, he had this team that were going out to the businesses and and uh, s- spreading the word and uh, painting me as a as a right wing extremist and um, and and it and it, it, it did take its effect and um, mm-hmm. um, and that was the hardest part of the the campaign was the lies and, and the deception because and then how do you combat that when the two, when the local papers are behind him and they support him. And I had to fight just to get one rebuttal in the paper. I had to fight him. I had to call the editor and um, and, and fight to, just to get a, my rebuttal heard. So it's uh, you're you're fighting with one hand behind the tied behind your back. But knowing that the other thing I did is um, you need to do uh, uh, YouTube videos are very good because you're able to uh, drive the narrative and get your point across. And uh, I had funded my um, my YouTube videos with with. Um, with financing uh, fund funded by prepaid by advertising, you're paying to have your ads run, mm-hmm. um, and it only takes one uh, one person that doesn't agree with you, you your viewpoint to complain to YouTube. Now that draws attention to oh oh yeah this guy's politicizing and uh, we can't have that. So they they use just well we won't let you run that because you're politicizing. Uh, meanwhile. My opponent was running his campaign uh, ads regular, and he was politicizing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But obviously, he was the content that he was sharing was not offensive to the uh, review board. So uh, anyway, I uh, mine were stricken, and I wasn't able to run them, uh, mm-hmm. which severely hampered my uh, marketing campaign mm-hmm. uh, because I reached a lot of the community that way. It was very, it's very effective marketing. Mm-hmm. So, um. I don't know if that would be allowed, but could we maybe talk about, you know, this is a county where there's, you know, is not heavily populated by any means. And here we have someone that is actually looking at the fine print of things they're trying to get past and kind of the mechanics or the dynamic in the community. 
And then all of a sudden people are starting to wake up and be more engaged. And then you have this, I don't know, mysterious group of people that finally take interest in, okay, what is this guy doing? I mean, who are these people? <laughs> Where did they come? Did they just crawl from under the woodwork? So what happened there? The people that supported the, uh, the incumbent. Yeah, they yeah. kind of pushed. They kind of pushed yeah. him the, last. The, so, so yes. So that that cast a giant bright spotlight on the local cabal, if you will, and we have the um, the human rights task force. Okay. And uh, they are a bunch of Marxists, okay? And they are, they're, they're, they're long, lifelong members in the community. They're business owners. They have money. They have support. They have a giant billboard outside of town. Love all. We welcome all. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, that's, I read that. That's the Human Rights Task Force. Okay. They even, and, and that I kind of, um, uh, when I first took over the John Birch uh, Society, they um, they approached our city council and they changed our vision statement. Rather than you know, mom, apple pie, we all love America, God, God bless America, welcome everybody. Uh, they changed it to, um, and, and and first of all, I do not have, I don't personally take exception to people that are are you know, LGBTQ community. I have no. I, I have no animosity towards them, okay? Uh, they have every right um, under our Constitution, as I do. And, uh, you know, I believe in a traditional husband and wife marriage. Um, I have more traditional, but I have no animosity. The, the problem is, if it's politicized and they're trying to force that, their agenda down my throat, then I take exception to it. So mm -hmm. our city council had taken their new vision statement and it was an lgbt um supportive vision statement and i took exception to that our chapter took exception to that we went down and fought it and um it was a matter of like two or three council meetings but finally the last council meeting, they had to move it to the high school because it couldn't fit all the angry members of our community in and uh and we ended up forcing them to change it back to the old vision statement mm -hmm. because we we welcome all and all is everything lgbtq are covered under our constitution mm -hmm. their rights are equally guaranteed as a christian's rights and and it, they're already covered and uh and, and again we have no animosity towards them so we didn't need us Anyway, we were we were able to defeat that, and the uh, the human rights task force was 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 pissed. <laughs> <laughs> not not excited. Now, are they? So you were saying they are families that have been here for a long time. Were they put here strategically, or um, did they get bought out to certain? No, things, no. Or they are just no. like spontaneously. We want to embrace and adopt this. This so, new way um, of living. <laughs> so, it the um, the community years ago there was there was lumber mills everywhere in, in our lumber production and um, and it was predominantly a Democrat stronghold. Oh, really? It, yes. And over the years, um, uh, the more conservatives have moved in, and kind of the Democrats have 
have moved out or uh, but but the the um, the dynamics have changed and and uh, because this is this part of the country is is drawing Christian conservatives and we have um, uh, we have a, a legislature that's heavy Republican that's the um, that's the consensus now what you have is in order to win an election um, if you are not running on the Republican ticket you have no you don't have a chance of winning right and so you have you have uh, Democrats have changed parties to run as Republicans and um, let me give you a case in point so um, uh, a few years back I was campaigning for candidates. I was door knocking on behalf of candidates that I was representing door knocking. Hello. Uh, and people were, were friendly. Yeah, come on in. Let's chat. And I knocked on one guy's door and um, he was very, um, I don't know, uh, being in sales, you you listen. You, you sh- Here's what I'm here for. And then you just listen. And this guy just wanted to talk. And, well, I'll have you know, I'm a I'm a Democrat, and uh, but we found that um, if we run as Republicans and we get, you know, we get involved with the Republicans, we can get our people and our elected, and that's where the strategy is at. Mm-hmm. He's telling me the whole strategy, and mm-hmm. I'm listening. And hmm, okay, well, that all right. That's that's why we have Marxists that are running as Republicans and uh, or socialists. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, running as Republicans, and, and they're able to win because the average voter, the average voter, um, it, it, they're not they're not engaged. They have no knowledge. Mm-hmm. And the other really nice people, but there's a naivete about these folks. Mm-hmm. And meaning, I had one guy call call me in, and and uh, we sat down at the kitchen table, and and he had all he goes, I'll have you know that. The missus and I, we're going to sit down tonight and make our decision. And he points to all of the colored glossy brochures on his kitchen table. And he was, he picks one up. Now, now this guy looks like a good guy because he's a, he's a, um, a, uh, you know, the, the firefighters that, mm-hmm. that, that, that jump out of planes and they fight forest fires. He, he's a, well, I forget what they call him. He was, uh, he's a flame jumper. And I, he looks like a good guy. And I, <laughs> I thought, oh my God. We're, we're in trouble because that's the average voter right. and it's educational to me because, oh, my God, they're making decisions off of campaign flyers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And nice, wonderful man. He was just uneducated. And, and the problem was he was making his decisions on, on a campaign flyer and he was going to go vote. He and the missus were going to go vote tomorrow. And that's unfortunately, that's the average voter. Yeah. And they make decisions. So when when you when you're opponent does a smear campaign and they get us postcard in the mail uh, it's kind of like gospel to people oh my god this guy is an extremist <laughs> and probably the hardest <laughs> the hardest part of the campaign because I'll take the I'll take the arrows and the mud slinging from the opponents um, but when it comes from somebody on your own side a JBS member, who just finished taking my Constitution class training, six weeks, mind you, six weeks of sitting in front of me teaching the Constitution. And I called her up because I, I, I needed to, I wanted to ask her to support on the campaign. So she says, well, I got a question for you, Steve. And, 
And I said, what's that? And she says, what is this that you're heading the American readout and you want to secede from the union? Something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, you, you got my opponent's campaign flyer in the mail. And said, yes. And she goes, well, I want to know what, what's your position on that? Oh my God. Yeah, because if she's saying that and she's been in all these meetings and yes, everything, I go, I go, the average voter has no chance. Yeah, I go, you know my heart. You sat through my Constitution class training. You don't know his heart. He's sending you something in the mails and you're taking it as fact. And uh, I go, I'm, I'm actually quite surprised that you're even questioning me when you know my heart. That is wild. So that was a. That was the hardest part. I, I that was the hardest part of the campaign is when you're taking friendly fire. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but now, Steve, I got to ask you. I mean, even though the outcome was not what you wanted, I mean, it was still very close, even with that gigantic effort that they did. You know, you, I mean, literally, I was seeing all those signs, and I was like thinking okay, man, Steve's going to get shellacked. You know what I mean? I mean, it was just like wall to wall across the... You, people were driving around with it with like, with like uh, you know, wraps on their cars and stuff. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and mind you also that there was some subtle coaching going on. You know, yeah. make sure, you know, there's a write-in candidate. Don't forget. Yeah, I've never heard them ever or tell you, you how to write in a candidate. Or you when go I go to, to the booth ever. and they're kind of like looking over your back and you're like, yeah. this is a small town. If it is rigged at this level, what is it like on a state or national Stage, level? yeah. But- you are... But but I but I was going to ask you. I mean, are you bullish though because of you know it, it was still really close. I mean, it really could have potentially gone down either way. Um, so I, I just know your and thoughts. And they had on a it. record, right? Record uh, voter turnout this this time around. Yeah, the turnout was very high. Um, I won five of our six precincts on people that physically showed up to vote. I won five of the six. He won in the absentee ballot category. Okay. So what does that? It was very, it was very Biden-esque. <laughs> well, which which leads to um, now you what is the um, integrity process in our elections? So mm-hmm. not only if you decide to run for office, you have to have a team of dedicated poll watchers and poll challengers to be there to oversee to make sure everything's legitimate and. Uh, a couple of our, a couple, three of our members, their their rights were violated. They were told, "Sit in that chair, shut up, and don't don't get involved." You can't. You, they had every right to be there and and walk around and observe, make sure everything's everything's going legitimately and satisfactory. That's the that's the right of a poll worker. You cannot deny them their rights. Sit in the chair and shut up. Um, and. We had two or three people that were told to do that. Wow. And uh, then, it, then you have to start questioning, well, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And then um, at three o'clock in the afternoon, uh, they were grabbing ballots and going into the back room. And I didn't know that was going to go on. Mm-hmm. Uh, that wasn't volunteered to me when I met with our county clerk. And uh, I had a couple of members that jumped up and said, we want in the back room. We want to be able to observe what's going on. That's that's 
you know, the American way. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, one was forced out, and uh, and then another one, okay, well, you can come in. Um, and it was just um, highly questionable, the, the ethics. And if we if there was nothing to hide, sure, you know, you, you can have, as long as you don't impede the election, um, uh, the process, and you're just observing, you can come right up and, you know, you, I mean, you can't look over people's shoulder who they're voting for, but, but you can see if they're getting checked in properly, calling out the name, uh, checking IDs. You, you need to be able to witness all that to make sure you have uh, election integrity. Mm-hmm. And there was, there was great resistance to that. Well, so Steve, I mean, with this experience, you know, that you've had, you know, actually really getting as involved as you can at the local level by actually running and whatnot and and then having that experience, you know, and we, and we saw a lot of it just from, you know, the grandstands and, and where we were uh, uh, getting out there and, and participating, um, you know, is there a political solution to this or is the corruption just so rampant that, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm just, I, I, what's your take after going yeah, through how, this? How are you feeling before? Like, decide I'm going to run. I'm going to engage. This is not right. You run the best campaign you came with the funds that you have and then post that experience and the turnout. How are you feeling about politics in general and the system as a, as a whole? Well, all right. I originally, I, I, I guess I had high ideals. I figured, you know, I'm going to I'm going to run the race as best I can. I'm going to stay positive on my message. I'm not going to attack my my opponent mm-hmm. uh, and let the cards fall where they will. Mm-hmm. But um, um, being part of it, watching our poll watchers um, being uh, held back from doing their due diligence. Um, there are there are there are issues there are challenges and and uh and i had a team of 16 at all the precincts um it's imperative for free and fair elections that you have uh poll watchers poll challengers set up at every location uh they need to go through training what's involved read the secretary of state's guidelines and then have the sheriff on standby if you are not allowed to exercise your God-given rights to, to ensure a free and fair election. And don't be afraid to call the sheriff in and, uh, mm-hmm. and have the Secretary, Secretary of State's uh, rules and regulations on the voting requirements. And be ready to fight and be ready to battle, mm-hmm. because that's what's going to take. Mm-hmm. And, uh, be educated. Yeah, you got to you have a pretty thick skin, you know, to, to stand up to you know, an organized group that, that may be trying to do something, uh, you know, under the table, um, well, that can be scary. You do. Um, but, uh, it, it's no longer enough to, well, I voted for my, my can, my, I voted for my candidate. I'm sorry. Voting for your candidate does not cut it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so now vote for your candidate, get out, maybe wave a flag for him or go talk to a, a few neighbors. Um, and sign up for poll watching. So I am going to, I took a vacation day for, for, I worked outside the precincts, handing out slate cards and would, you know, set up outside the precinct. But um, I believe um, that if you want to have um, a fair election, take a vacation day and work, work the elections, mm-hmm. you know, be, be a poll watcher, be a poll challenger, um, or 
be a paid uh, paid member, it would go down and meet with the county clerk and say, hey, I'd like to work the election. You'll actually get paid, but you'll be an inside person. You can listen um, to the strategy and uh, how they go about doing business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you can educate others and maybe the next election would be a little better. So, so you, you were an optimist. You think that if we do certain things, get more educated, get more engaged, get the experience on the inside that maybe things could change. I mean, do you, do you feel as realistic that, you know, people would go with everything you were saying, really, like, you know, you work your job, you take care of your kids at the end of the night, you're exhausted. You just don't have very much more to give. But then at the same time, like your, your future, your, the future of your community and the f- future of your children is at stake. Is that stake? Do you think what what do you think the percentage of people doing this? Will we need everybody doing it or just twenty percent? So I I'm I'm an avid student of, of our founding fathers and reading their quotes and what they meant and uh, basically our, our freedom. We are the defenders of our freedom. We the citizens, not your. You hear people say, well, that's why I elect so-and-so to go and take care of everything for me. And uh, eh, there's your there's your mistake because mm-hmm. they're going to get bought off. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's very few principled people. There's the Ron Pauls of the world. Um, there's very few of them out there that, that are willing where you could. You know, Ron, yeah, Ron Paul, good, good man. Now he would have your best. But um, you have to get involved. And our founding fathers continually said that you, uh, the fatigues, and I'm paraphrasing, but the, the fatigue of supporting your own freedom falls on you, the citizen. It's it's up to you. If you want to let elections get stolen, look at Arizona. Yeah. What what a what a crap show. Um, we we know um, uh, Carrie Lake won, mm-hmm. and we know tremendous. Uh, um, voter fraud went on and uh why aren't the citizens in arizona why haven't why aren't the torches lit and the pitchfork sharpened and they're marching by the tens of thousands for that that one that was the people it's the people's chance to stand up hey this is bs and we're not going to take it anymore and uh and it's up to us if we want to safeguard our election process it's up to us Beginning on our own little community, because what's happening nationally, I don't even bother the right to ours, our our uh, Congress people anymore, because they're so far away. Um, mm-hmm. They, you know, you can't impact change. You can locally. Locally, mm-hmm. you can impact change. Get involved. You can impact change. It's your last hope. Mm-hmm. Um, we are teetering off the edge now, and... Uh, the globalists are, are pushing so hard. It, it's it's an all-out full-court press. The Marxists have come out. Um, they're supporting their their candidates. They're trying to take over our our state um, and implement the new world order. Right. You remember, you remember George Bush Senior? This is back, uh, and I remember him saying this quote, but at the time I didn't know what it meant. Um, it was 1989, it it, it is time for a new world order. <laughs> and I'm like, what in the heck is that? I didn't know. I was busy working my job. I, 
what in the world was that? But, and yeah, I, I see clips of it to this day where they were, oh my God, the guy mm. was promoting it way back then. And that's where we're at. Yeah. Okay. We are facing the new world order. The, the Klaus Schwab's trying to, you know, you'll own nothing and you're going to enjoy it. Yeah. And uh, we'll do everything for you. And you know what's scary? Oh, the other thing is if you run for campaign, you want to have a booth at the fair because everybody goes to the local fair. And I had my booth, and, and that is an eye opener, friends, because I'm in sales and you want to know what the pulse speed of the community right. is. Right. And you have people come up to you and, and uh, because they want to engage you, and like one of the, the local uh, towns become. I, you didn't have a snowball's chance in heck of winning the primary. I don't know how you did it. And, uh, and then I started talking about ARPA and socialism and what? And this guy's a business owner, right? So you, you think, well, he's a business owner. So obviously he's going to be for free enterprise. Right. Staunch uh, opponent, uh, a staunch defender of free enterprise. He says, no, we need to get every hand, every dollar we can get from the federal government. Wow. I know you, do, you do realize you're giving up your sovereign. No, no, no. We need to get every dollar we can get. How else are we going to run our county? Wow. And and these and so they're they're cons, they're cons, outwardly conservative. You look at them how they're dressed. You think they're conservative, but once they start talking, you know what? They don't even realize they're socialists. I go because what what you're telling me, Mister Business Owners. You're, you're, you're a proponent of socialism. I'm not a socialist. Yes, yes you are. They don't realize it's socialist, but, but by wanting to take all those federal dollars, by God, it's socialism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. Because it comes people... with string atta- strings yes. attached. Yeah. And, and we've become so used to uh, over 30% of our state budget, our state's budget, is from from federal dollars so so we have to bend over we have to you know joe biden comes out with a new rule new uh, executive mandate if we're not following it they'll pull those funds mm-hmm. so now we have to follow it mm-hmm. yeah i mean why, why would they not put those uh those rules in if they weren't going to hold it over your head you know what i mean Ex- Exactly. That's the mechanism. Giving you the money from the kindness of their hearts. Exactly. <laughs> but I have a, a, a more, um, I guess, spiritual question for you. So yeah. you said you were, you know, you prayed when you were called to the task and you received guidance that you should run. And you've you've gone through uh, some unexpected uh, experiences through all this, seems like, from what you're describing. What do you think um, were the lessons that God wanted you, you to go through to realize during this, this experience? Yeah, great, great question. And um, so the next morning um, after election, because I, I laid it all out there. I gave it my everything. I, I went through the... Uh, Going to the Republican Central Committee meeting on that that October, um, uh, talk about walking into a den of thieves and, and, and the knives in my back. I left there. Nothing in my sales career ever prepared me for for that um, that that uh, setup, and uh, nothing. And and I've been verbally cussed out and tossed out. Get your beep 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 and, and get out of here now. And, and, you know, and, and you, 
selling goods it's just part of the job okay yeah. and I, i'm like okay he, the guy's having a bad day you know mm -hmm. he, maybe he's had a fight with his wife and he's taken on me so i don't take offense to it you know the guy's mm -hmm. yeah, the guy's having a bad day he, he doesn't really mean it and, but um and politics man they're just they're just they got the knives out they're quick <laughs> I walked Cut out of that throat. meeting. I, I walk. I go. I'm never going back to one of the, the Republican senators meeting again because they're all uh, they're all rhinos and uh, oh, it was awful. Um, mm -hmm. And they were all part of the local. They were part of the local cabal power structure, and, and mm -hmm. you can see how they exert. Um, but um, the, the so the the morning of I, I, I woke up. I, I went to bed that night. I was exhausted. I, mm -hmm. I was. I had laid it all out in the line. And uh, I think that the passages from, from Mark and uh, something about I've, I've run the race and, um, you know, and forgive me, I'm, and I'm, I'm, the, the, the passage that came to me after I, after I uh, that next morning was, you know, I, I've, I've fought the good fight, I've run the race, I've done the, the very, you know, well done, good and faithful service, something to that effect that, that God said. God said and I was I was firing up a laptop to check the the results, and God said, "You know, I have something else planned for you, so so just be ready." And and He was telling me that I that I lost, and so I went to the website, and boom, well, sure, you know, I'm looking at the, each precinct. I won I won five of the six precincts, and okay, let's look at the absentee. Oh, I lost it in the absentee balance. Mm -hmm. Go figure. <laughs> so, but I, but I was okay with it. And then, um, and I was at peace with it. And, um, okay. and I had several of my supporters reach out to me. You know, I got emails that day or text messages. We are so sorry that you lost. Um, uh, or are you, you going to fight it? Are you going to fight it because we heard or we saw irregularities? Are you going to fight it? Mm -hmm. And I, and I thought, and even, even my wife asked me, honey, are you going to fight it? And I says, no, I'm not going to fight it. And, and here's why. Because they, they fought so hard to get their local guy reelected and, and keep the power structure in place. Number one, I would have been labeled the sore loser if I, if I took it any further. And the other thing I felt like a giant wound had been ripped open in our community. And it was like, the left versus the right. And my opponent played that up to the hill, you know, just just stoking the fires of hate and vitriol. And you know what? We didn't need it anymore. Yeah. It was time. Elections are over. Look, let's just, okay, it's done. Let's let's have a healing in our community. Let's, let's come together because bad stuff is coming and we're going to need to have each other's back, you know, with, with what's coming ahead. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the way I look at it. And the other thing I looked at it is it, I, I, you know, I told my supporters, look, if, if you feel that strongly about it, you can get down to the courthouse and file a, a freedom of information at request and start, start researching. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, if you feel that strongly about it, uh, do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, because it's, it's the people now it's, it's the people's election. And if the people want it, the people will make it happen. Yeah. That's the way I looked at it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So you have peace. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I had peace, and um, I learned. Uh, I I learned a lot, and um, and I campaigned all year. I, I did. Ha I had no break. 
So from January, when I decided to start running right up through that November, it was nonstop all out. Um, it, it was, I was mentally burned out. I was exhausted. Um, it was a learning experience. It was, it was something new that I had never done before. And I, I learned a great deal from it. I know how to run a successful campaign today. I can help someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and helps somebody mentally prepare for what, what they're going to undergo as well. And, uh, I don't regret it. And the good Lord wanted me to do it. I did it. And it raised, it cast uh, a, sh- a brighting, bright, shining light on the, uh, on the local the local politics yeah so if we are um the people in the community and we are not engaged okay we are going by the flyers maybe you know whatever comes in the mail do you have any like simple strategies to just get people like started just get them engaged i mean get them um, to find the conviction to really, you know, go and get engaged, you know, slowly in, in simple, simple ways, and then maybe progress, progressively they can build from that. What would those strategies be in your mind? Yes. Um, individually, we, we're weak, okay? If you went down to talk to the commissioner, the commissioners or the city council by yourself, they are very good at shutting people down and making you feel small and, uh, and they'll, they'll throw their weight upon you. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're part of a group like the John Birch society, now, um, and the John Birch society, they don't, they don't endorse candidates, but we endorse causes and we're, we're all fighting to save our country. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and if you join a group like that and you're with a group and you go down and visit the uh, county commissioners together or the city council, now you're part of a group and you're empowered and you'll stand for your rights and you have you can wield influence. We were able to change the LGBTQ vision statement when we first started as a chapter. Alone, you weren't getting anywhere. There were citizens going down to fight that alone. They were this was going on for months on months on months. There was a couple of pastors and a couple of people. It would it was going nowhere. And when the JBS group got involved, and we had a larger group show up each time. The last, the, the third time, uh, they voted on it, and we changed it. They changed it back to our traditional, acceptable vision statement. And that's the kind of power you can have. So, so get involved. You can look for your local John Birch Society because we're nationwide. Find your local chapter. Get involved, um, and uh, and and be part of it be part of a team to help save our country. Mm-hmm. Because if you just sit back in the woods in your cabin, well, you know, I've I'm, I got my shotgun and I got enough rounds and I can hunt and got my bowing knife. And, um, well, if that day ever comes um, and they take out all the activists that are fighting to save our country, you're on your own and they'll steamroll right over you. It's happened mm-hmm. in history time and time again. And, uh, you know, good luck with that. So, while we're all here and we can we can rally around each other and support each other, join join in, in the fray now mm-hmm. and, and, and organize because the other side is so highly organized. There's a lot of money behind them and they are very good at what they do and they are taking our country down. Mm-hmm. 
And then for people that say that maybe the John Birch Society is part of like, you know, there's this divide and conquer strategy and maybe they're compromised and they are controlled opposition. What would you say to those people? I, I say go attend meetings and find out for you. Don't read, don't Google them and say, oh, you, you, you're going you're gonna to have all that's preset to what you're going to read. Go and meet some of these John Birch Society people. You know, you got your grandmothers and, uh, well, she doesn't seem pretty, you know, she's, she doesn't have a Bowie knife strapped to her side coming to the, uh, and, and a, a 45 and a Bowie knife, you know, they're everyday mom and pop citizens. The good, good, um, good salt of the earth people, and, and come to a meeting and check it out. At least go and check it out for yourself and see: are these radical extremists? I, and I and I think that was my experience was that I didn't know, you know, what it was going to be. I was kind of I had a lot of, of 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 thoughts in my head, and then when I went there, I was like, wow, organized, thoughtful, uh, and and great content. So if you came away from it with anything, it was like. Man, I know a lot more than I did before. <laughs> it, and you know what I'm going to tell you something. And and by and large, not not everybody's a, a, a strong Christian, um, but by and large, most of the members are good, strong Christians, and we believe in helping ma- our our fellow brother. If you're stranded on side of the road and you are a blue-haired liberal, and and it helps. <laughs> By God, we're going to stop and help you. Right. We well, well there's a. Uh, are you, are you, honey, are you going to stop and help? No, she's a blue-haired liberal. Forget <laughs> her. You know. No, we're going to stop and help her because she's in need. Right. right. That's that's how we look at it. That's how God would want us to act. You know, we're going to we're going to support our brothers, mm-hmm. and and uh, I anticipate. Um, very turbulent times where you know food shortage people are going to be starving and we're going to do our best to help our neighbors whether they're a commie marxist or not mm-hmm. because that's that's what god wants us to do. we want he wants us to love everybody that's what he wants us to do mm-hmm. right yeah 100 percent. if you have a huge audience right now okay of like the entire country and you only have like a couple minutes and you want to send a message what would you say to the nation I would say if you if you are concerned about the direction our country's going and truly concerned if you don't think anything's wrong then then you you can't see it but if you see that our country's heading off the precipice get involved um, do something be be active uh, and it, well, I, I'm afraid I'm not. I'm not a public spokesperson. I'm not a sales guy like you, Steve. Um, I can't run for office. There are people. If you join like your local John Birch Society, uh, there are there are there are leaders. But but if you show up and support them, you can sit in the back and knit a sweater and say Amen every now and then while he's up there. You commissioners are selling us down down the river. Uh, what's going on? Amen. Amen, brothers. <laughs> Amen. You, you can do that just by by showing up and, and being a presence or writing a letter to the editor, um, you know, uh, because the the Marxists are fierce. They're fiercely, you read that local paper and um, and it's very biased. The, the, the local paper is probably owned by a conglomerate uh, and there's a, you know, and they're 
peddling the propaganda. So please get involved. Our, you, you, you cannot be neutral. You're, we're, we're going off the precipice. You have to get involved. I, I'm doing it for my kids and I'm doing it for my grandkids. Because someday uh, they're going to say, Grandpa did what it takes to save the country. Yep. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, we appreciate you spending this time with us, Steve, and we can't wait to see what God has in for you next. Okay. Because we think, we think it's going to be big and, and, uh, we, uh, we definitely will be there to help you in any way that we can. And if there's people that are curious and they would like to connect with you, what is the best way to get in touch with you, Steve? Oh, um, uh, I wasn't prepared for that question. <laughs> well, go to a meeting, right? You could go to a meeting, you know. Well, I um, do do this. Uh, go to your local John Birch Society chapter and say, there's this Italian guy uh, <laughs> with a long last name that I can't pronounce, um, but he has a huge chapter, and, uh, and um, we're well known at JBS corporate and say, I'd like to get a hold of him somehow and let that chapter leader get a hold of me. And, and then I'm not going to put my phone number out there to the, course, the country, but, but um, you can get a hold of me through the John Birch Society. Excellent. All right. Well, we'll let you get on with your, your Sunday afternoon, but we thank you Share for your the time links to, to the John Birch Society and um, in the show notes. And we are so grateful for all your work and for coming and taking time out of your day to speak to us and speak from your heart. Thank you so much. And God bless you. God bless. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very much. Thanks. All Bye, right. Steve. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Recording. All right. Great way to end that interview with Steve. Such a great guy. That was emotional. emotional. It was, it was. I mean, and and we, we know them, you know, we, we've gotten a chance to, to break bread and, and, and really get to know them. And, and uh, so, you know, you have this visibility to someone, you know, their heart, you know, they're doing it Mm -hmm. because they really love this country. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, And I will say this, we don't know the incumbent. We don't have a relationship with them. Um, but I mean, I do know some of those things that they did mm-hmm. to, to Steve. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, to me, if you're running an honest race, it's on the, the, uh, the issues and it's on, you know, uh, count, counter his argument, you know, it, but instead it was making up these things about him just because, you know, in a small community, it gets traction and there's not a lot of time sometimes. And so, uh, mm-hmm. you end up getting bombed and, and, and you can't dig yourself out, but, um, we really appreciate the effort that he did. And, and, uh, so it, and it gives us a lot of visibility into what's happening, even though behind you know, the curtain. Yeah. Cause we thought we, we came to some place that was more of a bastion of, of conservatism. Mm-hmm. Um, not that we necessarily needed that. We just thought that 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 was what this was, mm-hmm. and and uh, uh, really, you find out that it's 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 maybe similar to what you find the the country over, you know, mm-hmm. uh, even in small communities. So, yes. uh, well, Fabi, we, we obviously want people to uh, you can look at this uh, v- interview on Rumble uh, mm-hmm. at uh, the Collective Resistance Podcast if on Rumble. If you're thinking about running, you know, Steve might be a good. A good resource. resource. Yeah, I could teach you some things. Um, you can find us on Twitter t- at TCRP12 uh, and then uh, the 
Telegram channel at the Collective Resistance podcast on Telegram. Again, that uh, can get uh, pretty crazy in there. Yeah, so, if you uh, want to continue the conversation, yeah, yeah. Um, check us out. Meet us there. All right. So let's see here. Wow, I always do that. It's too loud. I can never get it right. But, Fabi, what do you want to tell everybody? Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, engage lo- locally, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay curious. <laughs>